All right, so we're going to get started tonight. If you've got your Bibles with you, turn with me to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14 in your Bibles. And uh, we're going to go here. Uh, we're going to be picking up where we left off last week. And um, we're going to actually pick up here in verse 12. Okay. In verse 12 it says, And his disciples came and took up the body and buried it and went and told Jesus. Now, that might seem like a random place to start. But if you remember last week, okay, we talked about John the Baptist. We talked about preaching the truth. We talked about you know, preaching the truth regardless of its unpopularity. We talked about how we're going to go through things in this life. How John the Baptist was imprisoned and was eventually beheaded because of the truth. Uh, and we, we talked a lot about the truth last week. And just things that we will go through as Christians for telling the truth. Okay? Because at, the thing is, when we start preaching truth. Okay? When we start preaching truth. When we start telling the truth. It's going to be very it's very unpopular amongst the world, but it's definitely hated by religious Christians. Okay? I'll explain that here in just a little I'll explain that here uh, just so you guys can understand what I mean by that. Okay? There are people, there are people who claim to be quote unquote Christian. Okay? They claim to follow God. They claim to be this and that. But when they actually hear truth, um, they start becoming critical. They start judging you. They start putting all sorts of burdens on you that should not be put on there. Okay, We call them Pharisees. And there are people today that have the spirit of being a Pharisee. And Christians and these people ought not to be religious people. If there's anything, let me tell you something. If there's anybody that's going to really hate you, okay, it's going to be religious Christians. And I'm not talking about born-again Christians. We're talking about pharisaical religious Christians. Christians that claim to be Christian and they're just a bunch of hypocritical Pharisees. And they say this and they do that. They they they'll take the word and and they'll use it against you. And they won't even use it for themselves, but they think that they're right and you're wrong and everything else. And I'm gonna tell you something. When it comes to that, sometimes you just gotta, you know, there's only so much you can take. And it comes to a point where you just have to put your foot down and say, well, enough's enough. Okay, but you're gonna you're gonna have these religious Christians come at you because you're telling the truth. And there's anything I can, if there's anything I want to encourage you tonight. It's this: don't let religious people sway you. Don't let religious people sway you into a whole bunch of nonsense. If you say if you are born again and you stand stand on the word, you stand firm on the word. Amen. Don't I beseech you by the mercies of God, do not 
Don't be don't be movable. You stand on the scriptures. You stand on God's word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing what? The word of God. Amen. So we talked about a little, a little bit about that uh, last last week. Okay? And so I we're at a point where we see that that John the Baptist is dead and his disciples are going to carry the body out and bury it. Okay? This is where we're at. Now, <clears throat> verse 13. When Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by a ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them. And he healed their sick. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send them all to the to the way that they may go into their villages and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus saith unto them, They need not depart, give ye them to eat. Now let's stop right here for a second. Okay? You have a whole group of people that left the cities and follow Jesus into the desert. Okay? Probably traveled a long ways. And it's getting nighttime. It's getting it's starting to get evening. Okay? And the disciples wanted them to be sent away to go back home so they can eat. Okay? Now, what does the word victuals mean? Okay, victuals is articles of food, supplies, sustenance, provisions. Okay, that's what victuals mean. So you have all these people following Jesus to hear what he has to say. It's getting nighttime, and the disciples said to send them back home. Probably a long journey to send them back home so they can get something to eat. And you notice what Jesus said. He didn't say, yeah, go ahead, send them away. He didn't say that. Okay, what did he say? He said, but Jesus said unto them, they need, they need not depart. Give ye them to eat. Why? Do you, here's what I think, and maybe I'm wrong. Jesus said that. Because he knew that a lot of these people came from afar off to hear what he had to say. And therefore, it'd be a long way back to go back home to eat. Okay? He said they need not to depart. Because he knew that probably a lot of them were hungry. Let me ask you a question. How would you feel if you made such a long journey someplace... You didn't have food for a few hours, but you journeyed a long ways. It's almost nine time, and you realize that you're 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 a long way from home. Are you gonna get back and are you gonna go back and 
wait till you get home to eat or are you going to stay there and eat something? You're probably going to stay there and eat something, aren't you? Because you're what? You're hungry. Jesus said, give ye them to eat. Jesus knew that these people traveled a long way as they were hungry. But the disciples in their minds, in their mind were thinking, well, let's send them back home so they can eat something. Jesus said no. He told his disciples, feed them. Can I tell you something about that? Let's really think about this right now. If Jesus told his disciples to feed the crowd, that means he must have known that there were people in that multitude that were hungry. Can I get an amen from God's people on that? He knew, he must have known that a lot of those people were hungry. And were in need of something to eat. And you know what? That's what they got. We'll continue on, but we know it. We'll, we'll see here that Jesus had his disciples to feed this crowd. Can I encourage you on something today? We know, I, 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 all you guys online, okay, I want you to hear me very carefully. Okay, the Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. The Bible also says that God is no respect of persons. In Romans chapter 2, verse 11, for there is no respect of persons with God. If Jesus knew the needs... Okay, before I say that, hang on. We know right now in this economy, for those of you that are watching, I want you to hear I want you to hear this. We understand and you know that we live in a day right now where things are not cheap. Things are expensive. Things are starting to become unaffordable. Things are tough. We have inflation. We have high gas prices. We have high food prices. Everything is going up. And let me tell you something. It is natural for us to wonder... How are we going to get our bills paid? How are we going to eat? How are we going to do this? Some of you wonder, how am I going to pay my bills this this month? How am I going to feed? How am I going to feed my baby? For all you mothers, you might be wondering, how am I going to feed my baby? 
it's no secret that we live in challenging times. But can I tell you something? If Jesus Christ is no respecter of persons and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If Jesus knew that the multitudes were probably going hungry, he knew he knew their needs. If Jesus knew that the multitude that followed him was starting to get hungry and in need of food, and he told his disciples to feed them. If Jesus knew their needs, how much more will he know your needs? How much more does he know your needs? I want you to put your place there in, in, in Matthew 14. And I want you to, I want you to come, uh, turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to read here in verse 31. Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewith shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all those things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. You see, Jesus wants you to focus on him even during these times. He knows what you need before you even ask him. But he wants you to ask him. Amen. God wants you to ask him. God takes pleasure and when his kids ask him for when his kids ask for what they need. He wants you. And he takes pleasure in that because he knows you're his child. God takes care of you. He is our father. He, we are his kids. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened. Amen. Now, um, trying to think of uh, there's a verse that just sort of came to mind, and I cannot, I can't think of it right now. Well, I know what it, I know what it is. It's Philippians four six. Oh, here we go. Be careful for nothing. That's what I was looking for. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Be careful for. Oh, uh, be okay. Philippians four six. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. 
Don't be full of cares. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Go to God and pray. Seek him. Ask him. Amen? You need to ask him. And I want you to think of the I want you to think about something here. The word thanksgiving. Next Thursday is Thanksgiving. And it is a time where we can sit with our families and come together and be thankful for the things that God has given us. Amen. I just want to encourage you this season, holiday season to be thankful for what God has given you. And, and I want you and I want to encourage you that no matter what you're struggling and going through and the things that are going in your minds, the, the stresses that you have, Jesus knows what you need before you even ask him. So I want to encourage you to pray and ask him. Amen. Pray and ask him. Jesus knew that these people would be hungry. That's why he's told his disciples, feed them. Amen. Now, in verse 17, it says, And they say unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. He said, Bring them, bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and two fishes and looking up to heaven, he blessed and break and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. Now you might say, or let's continue on. And they did all eat and were filled and they looked, took up the fragments that remained 12 basketfuls. And they that had eaten were about 5,000 men beside women and children. Little is much when God is in it. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I can't remember all the words, but little is much when God is in it. Where do you think that hymn comes from? It comes from this. Let me ask you a question. Do you think it's physically, humanely impossible? Do you think it's physically, humanely possible that you could feed 5,000 people with just five, five loaves and two fish? No, it's not humanely possible. You take, you take that and you try, you, you might only get like maybe one person fed. But little is much. When God is in it. Mm. Tell you what, I want to finish up this text because I, I, we got some things that we need to share with this, okay? Um, in verse 21, and, and they that had eaten about 5,000 men beside women and children, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him onto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, 
He was there alone. I'm going to stop right there because this is going to carry into the next lesson and next part of Matthew that we want to talk about. But I'm not going to end the broadcast here. Okay? I want to share some I want to share some things with you that can be applied to your lives by what Jesus did here. Okay? Now, remember what I said is that little is much when God is in it. When you go through the different the different when you go through the different gospels, you find out that the, the five loaves and two fish was a boy's lunch. Okay? You you find that out. Now let, let me just I I, I want to say this, okay. All this boy had was five loaves and two fish. That's all he had. And you know what? He gave it all to Jesus. And you know what Jesus did? He multiplied it. He multiplied it, and everybody there got fed with 12 basket leftovers. Now, you might say to yourself, well, Brandon, there's not much I can offer God. You know, that's true. There's not much we can really offer God because without Christ, we are bankrupt. But can I tell you something? You might be like me where you might just sit there and you might say, well, I'm not worthy to do this and I don't know if I can do that and I don't know how, how can God call me to do this and that. Well, let me tell you something. When God calls you, he is not sorry about that. Okay? God is God God is not sorry for the for what he has called you to be. Okay. Now, uh let's see if I can find it. I don't think I can't find. It. I think it's in Romans, but okay, hang on a sec. Hang um gifts and calling. Uh, Romans chapter 11, verse 29. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. When God calls you into something, God does not repent of that. He has a reason why he's called you into something. And when God calls you into something, he's equipped you to do what he wants you to do for his kingdom, for his service. Okay? Now you might say, well... Brandon, I don't have much. I don't have much to give to God. Can I tell you something? Neither did this boy ha have much to give. You know what he did? He gave it all to Jesus. Let me tell you something. You may not have much to give. But what you do have... Your life and your heart. Give it all to Jesus Christ.
You know why? Because Jesus can take that and he can do mighty works through you. Works that you couldn't even think of. God can take your life and he can take the little that you have and you if you give it all, Jesus can multiply the fruit in your life. He can multiply he can multiply that fruit if you're willing to give everything to him. You may not have much, and that's okay. Give it to God. Because God can take that little and turn it into much, much more. As that hymn goes, little is much when God is in it. If God calls you into a if God calls you in a, into a ministry, give your whole heart and life to him and just be available for God to use you and God can take your life and he can multiply much in your life. And I'm not talking about health. I'm not talking about wealth. What I'm talking about is he will take those seeds and he will take that fruit and he will multiply it so you can be more fruitful. All you have to do is be willing to give it all to Jesus. Even if it's little. If you give it all to Jesus, he'll multiply. He'll multiply the fruits. Amen. He'll multiply the fruits. Now, Turn with me to Mark, Mark 12, Mark 12, Mark 12, start in verse 42, Mark 12, 42. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which made a farthing. And he called on to him his disciples, and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their treasure abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living." Here's why I say this. Because this particular widow, she gave everything. She gave everything. She didn't hold back. She gave everything. And yet, 
She gave more than all the others. Why? Because the others gave out of the abundance. This widow gave all that she had. This boy that gave the fish and the loaves gave everything to Jesus. Now you might say to yourself, "Well, I don't have I still don't have much to give, Brandon." Well, you can give your time, you can give your life. It doesn't have to be money. Giving your talent to serve God. That's that's let me tell you something. Giving your talent to serve God is more valuable than 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 you giving money. Why? Because when you give your talent to serve the kingdom of the living God, when you start serving and and, and and serving the Lord Jesus Christ and soul winning, you are bringing souls to him. And that's something money can't buy. All I'm trying to say is, is when you go all in for Christ, when you give everything to Christ, God can take the little that you have and multiply it. You may not have much, but just surrender. You just go before God and say, Lord, here's my life. Take it. Take my whole life. Can I tell you something? Do you know what this you know what this widow and this boy had in common? They have something in common. You know what that is? Well, it's pretty obvious that we know that they gave all. But there's so much more to that. When you give Christ everything, you're giving Christ preeminence in your life. You're putting God above everything else. No matter the circumstance, you're putting God number one in your life. See, that's what happens when you give all to Christ. That's what happens when you give your whole life to Christ. Christ does not just want a part of your life. He does not want a part of your heart. He does not want a part of this or that. He wants the whole thing. Are you willing to give Christ everything? Are you willing to give Christ your whole heart? Are you willing to give Christ your whole life? Do not get, listen, if you only give him part of your life and not your whole life, what are you really saying to God when you only giving part of your life to him? Don't be that way. Give the Lord Jesus Christ all. And you'll be surprised what he'll do with your life. He'll take it and he'll use you to do things that you yourself couldn't even think to do. And when it happens, you know it was God because you know why? Without Christ, you are a lost sinner on your way to hell. Turn with me to John 15. Turn with me to John 15 and we'll close. John chapter 15, starting in verse 1. 
I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide in me, and not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. I want to close by saying this. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you don't know, today's the day of salvation. Tomorrow may be too late. If you know, if you know that, if well, if you don't know where, if you don't know where you're gonna be in eternity. You can find that out. And how can you find out if you're sa- if how you can be saved or not? The answer is very simple. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you cry out to Jesus Christ and you ask him, and if the Holy Ghost convicts you, you just cry out to Jesus and you just ask him to forgive you of your sins and you ask him to save you. And if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is who he says he is and that he'll and you ask him to save you, he'll save you. Oh, he'll save you, all right. He will save you. Amen. He'll save you. And actually We'll be getting and we'll be getting into we'll be actually be getting into that in our third video. We're going to be talking about faith next time. We're going to be talking about saving faith. We're going to be talking about salvation next time. But listen, if if the Holy Ghost is convicting you and you know you're going on and if the whole okay. If you know the Holy Ghost is convicting you and you're pricked in your heart and you know you're you know you're if, and if you know you're going to hell, cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. Ask him to save you. And if you ask him, he'll do it. Those who ask shall receive. Amen. It is not God's will for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Amen. God wants to see you saved. He wants you to be saved. Amen. But will you put your faith and trust in him? Will you give Jesus your all? Will you give Jesus your whole life? Will you give him your whole heart? Because when you do, God can take your life and do some pretty amazing things. Amen. Now you might say, well, well, Brother Brandon, I don't want to be saved because 
if I get saved, I can't do this or that anymore. No, it's actually the it's actually a really bad attitude to have. Because I'm going to tell you something. When you get saved, you don't want to do those things anymore. When you get saved, you'll have a new nature. You'll be a new man in Christ. You have a new desire. You're you're gonna not want you're gonna not want to do those things anymore. You're gonna say, "Yeah, that's nasty. Get away from me." Why? Because Christ is dwelling within you. You are a new man. You are sealed with that Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise the Lord. Woo. Hang on. Drink some water. Ah. So listen. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to pick on anybody. But listen, this you gotta give Christ your all. Even as a believer, don't give don't give half your heart to Christ. And the effort that you put in, don't do it half heartedly. Anything that you do, do wholeheartedly and with joy. Because when you give God all that you have, God could take what you have and multiply it. Just like he did with that loaves and fishes. Amen. God can take your life and do some pretty amazing stuff with it. Now, I do not, this is not a, now I just want to say, this is not a, this is not a prosperity gospel. This is not a gospel of health and wealth. This is not any of that. Without Christ, you are bankrupt. But there is something that you have that you can give, and that's your heart. Your heart may not be much, but if you give Christ your heart, he can do some pretty tremendous things with it. Don't go by your heart. You go by the word of God. But what I'm saying is, give Christ your heart. Give Christ your whole life. Don't give him part of your life. Give him your whole life. Amen. Listen, I love you guys. You guys... You guys you guys are the reason why I do what I do. I want you to pray for me. I want you to pray for my ministry. I want you to pray for, for this for this ministry. Okay? Please pray for me. I would greatly appreciate the prayers. Amen. But listen, I love you guys. You guys are amazing. You guys are the reason why I do what I do. I appreciate you. I appreciate your prayers. Appreciate your support. Now, listen. If you like what you hear, if you like this channel and you want, if you like this channel and you want to support the channel, the best way you can support the channel is like, share, subscribe, comment. Okay, hit that like button. Hit that hit that subscribe button. Click the the notification bell. Click all so you can be notified of all my videos coming up. Please stay, in, please stay in touch with my community uh, aspect of this channel because I post scripture on there. I also post announcements of, of upcoming videos. 
So please do not hesitate to look at those at the community comments, the community section, okay? Please, I beseech that you I beseech that I beseech you that you will.